0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 14th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, what a day yesterday, man. Ryan Day is not messing around at all. Your thoughts? Yeah,
1: unbelievable. I
0: mean, everybody in Buckeye Nation has been waiting to see what's going to happen
1: uh, to the defensive staff, and here we are. You know, Ryan, Day pretty much took a blowtorch to that side of the football. And I'm excited. I'm optimistic. Uh, If they can get this defense fixed, then it looks like Ohio State program is going to be ready to take that next step because the offense is already there. If they can get the defense to just be competent, then there should be no reason why this program is not competing with Georgia and Alabama for national titles and not only just getting there. But winning the whole darn thing.
0: Do you want to start with arrivals or departures? <laughs> there's there's a lot of both. Do you want to start with arrivals? Yeah, let's let's talk. Let's talk about
1: the departures because, okay, you know, Kerry Combs and and Al Washington. You know, I just want to say thank you to those guys for the service that they provided for Ohio State. I thought Kerry Combs, he was a guy that gave it his all to Ohio State. He he was the emotional. Uh, leader in that 2014 national championship. And he came back from the NFL, got a little in over his head when it came to the play calling duties, but make no mistake about it. That guy loved Ohio state, Ohio state football. He loved the kids there. You even talk to any of the kids that's left the program that he coached. And they will, they will to the words say that he genuinely cares about his players. And he was an awesome awesome mentor to them. It's just at this time, I think it was time to move on from Kerry Combs. I wish him nothing but success going forward. And same thing with Al Washington. You know, you hate to see guys have to up and move their families, but this is big boy college football. They just didn't get it done. The linebacker play has been suspect for the last couple of years and a change needed to be made. And right now when you have Jim Knowles coming in, he's the head sheriff on that side of the football. He's also a linebacker coach, so he's going to be able to coach those guys up to know where they need to be at all times and have a complete understanding of the defense. So having, having Jim coming in, coaching the linebackers, it kind of was a moot point for to keep out Washington, especially with Larry Johnson opting to decide to, to stay another year or two at the defensive line position.
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. Larry Johnson, the only holdover on the defensive staff. It's amazing. We already know Matt Barnes left to be the defensive coordinator at Memphis. We wish him well. Very well said about Kerry Combs and Al Washington. We wish wish those men very well. What was the biggest surprise, though, yesterday? Was it Al Washington losing his job? We'll get to the arrivals in a minute, but as far as the departures, did Al Washington surprise you at all?
1: It didn't really surprise me, um, especially with – Jim coming in and him being a a linebacker coach himself. I just think that Al, he missed on a lot of his his development targets in the linebacker room. The fact that we're having to move, you know, offensive guys over in order to play and asking those guys to play at a high level. That is an indictment on Al. That's his unit. That was his group. This is Ohio State. This is an Akron. You're recruiting at a high level. You're recruiting four and five-star guys at the linebacker position. And if you can't get the every ounce of juice out of those guys, then it's time for someone else to have another swing at the bat. So I wasn't surprised. Um, I just think, you know, if you're looking back for for Al. I'm sure he probably wished he would have took that Tennessee gig yeah. that he had a million dollar offer on the table last year, and Ryan wow. Day convinced him to come back. But you know, those are some—that's the nature of the beast. You know, you you take those type of gamble gambles. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. But hopefully, he'll land on his feet somewhere.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Man, he's got to be regretting that they offered him well over a million dollars. I believe they were going to double his salary. He would have been a defensive coordinator. And Tennessee looked like they were, like, you know, downtrodden. They actually had a pretty good year. I mean, Hypo looks like that was a really good hiring. I mean, hopefully Al Washington can, um, again, as you said, get back on his feet and uh, get back in that position where he can be maybe a defensive coordinator in the SEC one day or in any big-time program. All right, let's move on and look at some of the arrivals. Let's start with Perry Eliano. Perry Eliano, age of 43, he was the Cincinnati cornerbacks coach the last two years under Luke Fickle. He has experience as the Bowling Green defensive coordinator. He's been at New Mexico. He was at UT San Antonio for a while. I really, really like this hire. Perry Eliano as the Buckeyes safeties coach.
1: Yeah, he was definitely a a name that really wasn't on the radar when it came to uh, potential replacement. But you look at the way the, the Cincinnati corners have played, One thing that you have to really like about them is he teaches those guys how to play on the island. They're up in your face. They're aggressive. um, Their corners are and they challenge every throw. Um, So I'm excited to see what he brings to the table, because if he can get that type of play out of those guys in Cincinnati with the talent at Ohio State, especially at the cornerback position uh, with the guys that they have coming back, he's going to have a lot to work with. Uh, one thing that I'm going to be curious about is will his defensive backs turn their head around to find the actual football? I didn't watch enough uh, Cincinnati games per se to to really study their corners to see what their technique is, but that was one of my biggest gripes about carry comb coach corners is those guys had no idea a lot of times where the actual football was at they were always taught to play the eyes through the hands which you know that's that's something that a lot of defensive back coaches teach but it's also a, a very um penalty friendly type of technique meaning that you can get you can get a lot of pass interference calls on those or you can also you know um not see where the ball's at and the guy can go over top of you. So I'm curious to see if the DBs will be turning their heads to look for the football because the more times you find the football, the more opportunities you're going to have to get your hands on the ball. So I like to hire. Um, it's going to be a wait-and-see approach for me because he, he's a guy that's been coaching the position for 20-plus years. One thing I really like about these hires, Dave, is a lot of these guys have defensive coordinator um, experience. So they're going to be able... To really put together a solid game plan, game plan and package uh, designed to take opposing offensive strengths out of the out of the game, because that's the thing that we had that we were missing before. Is Combs came in, not a lot of experience as a defensive coordinator. He was kind of doing it on the fly. Same thing with Matt Barnes, a guy with not a lot of defensive coordinator experience. But with these guys, you're having a lot of grizzled veterans coming in here have a solid technique that they want to teach, but they also would know how to get those guys prepared properly on Saturday.
0: Yes, sir. And another one is Tim Walton. I love this hire, Tim Walton coming in as the corners coach, former Buckeye corner. Tim Walton played for the Buckeyes from 1990 to 93. And I'm telling you, man, I mean, the early years of the Cooper era, they, they were, they were not good, but they started getting good Right around Tim Walton's, you know, his upper class season, like especially 93 is when Ohio State really burst on the scene is like, oh, Ohio State might be back. I love that Tim Walton's coming in as corners coach. He's the age of 50. As you mentioned, Jay Book, I mean, he's one of these guys that has a lot of experience as a defensive coordinator, was the Miami Hurricanes defensive coordinator at the collegiate level back in 2007 was the the at-the-time St. Louis Rams defensive coordinator in 2013, has a ton of experience in the NFL, has been there the last nine years, including the last three years with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their corners coach. Tim Walton coming in as corners coach. I love this, JB. Yeah, I do too. And if you're to believe Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles
1: Rams, he's called Tim Walton one of the best defensive back coaches that he's ever uh, had coached him. So if Jalen Ransom giving him props like that, then that tells you that it's a home run hire. Uh, he's a guy coming from Jacksonville with had a poor, poor showing as far as an organization. But however, their passing defense was right there in the middle of the pack of the NFL, which was pretty solid. So he's coming over with a lot of experience. He's a true Buckeye. You know, he knows what it takes in order to win in this program. And I just think that, you know, with the guys that they're coming in, they're also going to be able to really recruit in different hotbeds. Like you're going to be, uh, you know, Walton down there in the South, being able to recruit. He can uh, show off his NFL pedigree. And it's going to be the thing that I look like about all of these guys, Dave, is they're going to have Ohio State defensive backs playing aggressive. Um, meaning that they're not going to be reckless, but they're going to be in your face. They're going to challenge you to make the, the proper throws, accurate throws. And that's kind of been the yin and the yang with the defense last year. You know, the passing offense, you know, was terrible. Rushing defense was, you know, pretty solid this past year, you know, with, with Burke and, and young Burke in they're stepping up, the passing defense was solid, but the run defense was suspect. So if they could just, figure out a way to put it all together and still be an attacking defense. Because one of my biggest pet peeves when it came to this defense over the last several years is I hated the way they played on their heels. If you watch Georgia, you watch Alabama, those guys are coming downhill with their hair on fire and they are setting the tempo and the tone to where when you line up, you better have your chin strap buckled up because they're going to smack you in the mouth. I haven't seen that from Ohio State defense in years. So if they can get back to that aggressive nature to where they're punishing people and they're dictating the terms, because you look at that Michigan game during that Michigan, Michigan game, there was never one time where I felt like we were taking it to them. I always felt like our defense throughout that entire Michigan game was playing on our heels. And eventually the floodgates busted open and they were just running wild on us in the fourth quarter there. So we have to get back to being able to setting the tone and coming downhill and smacking somebody.
0: I love it. Last thing, we'll get you out of here on this. So Day is a killer. Ryan Day is a killer. I mean, 52nd ranked defense, and he overhauls the defensive coaching staff as expected. They also had the number one total offense in the country, the number one scoring offense in the country, Jay Book. And he says Greg's to draw up not good enough. We're getting rid of you. We're bringing in Justin Fry, and you and I talked about this on last week's show that this was a possibility, strong possibility. It's now official. It's been official for a few days. I love this. It's one thing to say, okay, our defense was mediocre. We're going to overhaul the defense. The offensive line, I mean, it wasn't up to par. It wasn't terrible, but I think that just goes to show. Furthermore, it's not just day overhauling the defense. Number one total offense in the country. Number one scoring def- or scoring offense. And he still replaces Greg Sodrawa with Justin Fry.
1: I think Ryan Day took the quotes from, you know, the media and everybody in Buckeye Nation to heart when people were calling the program soft. I think I think he took that as a call of arms to where he cannot have the program slipping into a direction to where they are known nationally as more of a Big 12 basketball on grass type of program and I think it really frustrated Ryan Day that he had to abandon the running game so many times this past year because the offensive line was just not physical enough, and that's part of the reasons why Stud had to be relieved of his duties, along with too many recruiting, too many recruiting misses on the trail where he missed out on a lot of big time tackles uh, that Ohio State was in on, and then you, you know, you look at the defense and it's kind of been the Achilles' heel. I felt like he didn't have any choice but to make uh, some type massive change on that side of the ball because it just was not good enough. Uh, even though Ohio State, you know, went to the national championship, won the Rose Bowl this year with 11 and 2 record, most programs in the country they would be patting each other on the back, saying "job well done." These guys would be getting raises, but the fact that Ryan Day is going no host no host bar here and he's cleaning house tells me that he is serious about winning a national championship at Ohio State. And it's a notice to his coaches that if you do not perform at a high level, you will be terminated. And I can respect that because this is big business here. If you're going to be expecting to pay him, you know, potentially 8 to $10 million when his contract is renewed, Ohio State fans are going to expect – Ohio State to be right there in the mix, um, you know, as a complete football team with the Alabamas, with the Georges. So if, if Ryan Day can, you know, keep these guys accountable, then I think the program is really ready to take off and take this thing to a new level.
0: Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.